this is Kat and this is Feminine Chaos. I'm here today with Sasha Stone, the founder of Awards Daily. Uh, she's an Academy Awards and just general awards expert. And um, I've got her back on after our initial Oscars conversation to do a belated kind of complete head-to-toe redux on this thing you may have heard about that happened <laughs> at the Academy Awards this year. And thanks for having me again. It's always nice to talk to you. Oh, you're so uh, welcome. So uh, at the Academy Awards this year, Chris Rock told a joke on stage in the course of his ordinary kind of roasting of the people sitting in the front row there at the ceremony, um, in which he made light of Jada Pinkett Smith's shaved head. Jada Pinkett Smith has her head shaved because she suffers from alopecia. She's got little bald spots. So apparently she's shaved her head to um, to take care of that. So when Chris Rock made this joke about her starring in a G.I. Jane sequel, she didn't take it very well. And her husband, Will Smith, initially thought it was funny, but then um, realized, I guess, that his wife was not amused, stormed the stage, slapped Chris Rock across the face, went back <laughs> to his seat, yelled keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth twice yeah. very loud yeah. on live television and uh and since then i thought that this story would would actually die off um it was timed poorly for me because i went on vacation like the day after it happened and i just <laughs> didn't have time to to like podcast or write about it or anything but it turns yeah. out that it really had legs um, yeah. because there's been like this unfolding discussion and then there's been punishments, there's been consequences. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to talk all about that and especially about, um, what's happened to Will Smith since then. I think this story finally has come to an end as of like this week. So Sasha, I was not watching this ceremony live. I don't know. I have this this lingering trauma from having covered it too many years in a row. And now I'm like, nobody's the boss of me. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I only realized something was happening when all of a sudden, like Twitter went nuts. Um, you were watching it live, correct? I was. I mean, I've been going now for six or seven years or something like that to the Oscars. They, they, I asked them, you know, if I could get a press ticket and they gave me a ticket and they've just been inviting me ever since. And every time they do, I feel like I have to go because I get this a ticket to go to the Oscars, even though, you know, like you say, it's not, <laughs> it's not the greatest thing to do, but, um, so yeah, I was sitting up there and, um, it's very different. The show is very different live than it is on television, needless to say, especially for me, because I'm way up at the top in the highest tier. And so I can barely see anything on stage. And we all thought, just like everybody else, that it was a it was a it was a gag. It was a funny thing that they were doing. And it wasn't until the second time Will Smith said what he said that we all kind of went silent and looked around at each other and like, oh no, that's that's real. He's really mad. He's having a fit, you know. But even then, we weren't quite at the level that the people, like you say, the story took on legs. It was like everything that happens on the internet. Like as soon as it gets talked about, it turns into something else. And then that thing just kind of drives itself. And it depends on who's involved, how far that thing is going to go, whether it's leading to somebody getting fired or like a, a large protest in the streets or whatever it is that that the Twitter story has kind of turned this thing into. Um, so I looked at my tweets right afterwards and they weren't that big of, it was kind of like there was a very awkward moment between 
Chris Rock and Will Smith. Like, that's how I described it. I got the sense that there was a sort of like a bystander effect thing going on where people just really weren't sure what had happened, if it was scripted, if it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, you know, you were sitting far from the immediacy of the action. Um, There's a a great shot of Nicole Kidman in the background, just kind of like gobsmacked. She looks like she's like she's laughing, but in that way where you laugh because you don't know what else to do. Um, So, yeah, talk a little bit about, you know, what the vibe was at the ceremony in like the immediate aftermath of this. Like, I mean, did did it get weird? Did it get weird up where you were? What happened? It was incredibly weird. It was the weird one of the weirdest things I've ever lived. I've ever experienced because, you know, I was sitting next to like this little a kid actor named Jude Hill's dad who had flown all the way from Ireland to sit there and watch this, these proceedings. And his family was all down at the bottom and all around me were like nominees, you know, because they're the people who get, so everybody's dressed up in their absolute finest as the greatest night of their lives for a lot of them. And they're cheering and they're having a good time. It's all very celebratory and people are nervous about who's going to win. And when this happened, there was a sense I felt of people in the room. I imagine this is what it would be like if you were like on, on the Titanic or, or so, you know, you were all together with a group of people and you had to <laughs> make things work out. You know, like I felt a sense of we have to make sure this show gets through. It's, you know, that it finishes, that we complete this ceremony intact. That was the thing I sensed the most. And that's, I think, why... As Will Smith was speaking, you could feel everybody on the edge of their seat, just sitting there thinking, finish your speech. Let's get through this. Let's get to the end. Let's walk out the door. You know, that's the sense that I got. Let's just hold it. I mean, you've probably had things like this happen to you at restaurants where like a customer will throw a fit or something or like a family member and you can just feel the embarrassment in the room and how everybody just kind of comes together as a group to sort of keep things you know, status quo until they can get out the door. That's what it was like. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like the thing that was striking about it was, you know, just like the the sheer violation of the norm, you know, and the the sort of the violation of etiquette that he did this and he didn't leave. And apparently he was asked to, but refused, I guess, because he suspected that he might be ascending the stage shortly to collect his first and, and perhaps mm-hmm. only uh, Oscar of his life. And so then he ends up on stage, you know, having just slapped somebody um having to make make the speech it's amazing that he i don't know not just that he managed to like incorporate sort of an apology into it but that he but he didn't apologize to chris rock Mm -mm. um he sort of was like you know like love makes you do crazy things it was it was so so strange um have you in all of your years attending the Oscars, have you ever seen anything even remotely like this before? Like what's the, I assume this is the weirdest thing that you've ever seen. It is the weirdest thing because the show isn't exactly exciting. Like, listen, this, this slap is probably the most exciting thing that's happened on the Oscar telecast since the seventies. And it it was so dramatic that it was more dramatic and interesting than any movie that's ever been nominated for Oscar for like the last 20 years. Because it was such a dramatic setup. It was two famous black men at an Academy Awards that was supposed to be, it was the second year after 2020, after the uprising and the reckoning. And so it was very much in this mode of like, we're a community of good and virtuous people. And we are, you know, celebrating our inclusive, you know, utopian vision of our 
ourselves and our country and look at how inclusive we are and look at, you know, that's, that was the whole intent coming into the night. That's why it's so, it's such a interesting dynamic of, of different forces at work. And so when that happens, you have this community like, wait a second, what's the take, you know? One black yeah. man, another. What's the take? So no, nothing like that has ever happened. It's very boring. It's very well rehearsed. Nobody ever goes off script, hardly ever. So yeah, I mean, it was unusual. So I'm curious, actually, because one of the things, the incidents that was mentioned repeatedly in the wake of this, as though it were in some way comparable, was the time when Adrian Brody won for, I guess, The Pianist. He won the mm -hmm. Best Actor Award, and he um, spontaneously kissed Halle Berry uh, when he got up on stage. She was the one doing the presenting. Um, now, I remember watching that live. Were you present at the ceremony when that happened? No, no, no. I had just, that was the first year I was, well, one of the, I started in 1999. So that would have been like the, the first or second year that I was covering the Oscars. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, yeah. I would be watching at home. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember that obviously I was, you know, much younger at the time, but I don't know. It seemed just kind of, it just seemed like, you know, a spontaneous outpouring of emotion um that was not like i mean people at this point now describe it as though it was a sexual assault yeah. um, but i didn't get the i didn't get the impression that it played that way at the time or even that that's how halle berry necessarily received it mm -mm. if you you know if you live long enough i'm what like 57 so i'm <laughs> heading towards 60 <laughs> you can really start to tell you can really start to see the generational shifts and that was definitely a time when um, I know I come from the world of acting. I know what they were like. You know, actors are very body with each other. That's kind of body humor. It's sort of like uh, commedia dell'arte kind of stuff. And it was very well accepted inside the entertainment industry. It was not unusual. It was considered celebratory because honestly, that year, Adrian Brody winning the Oscar was like Moonlight winning Best Picture. Like it was so unpredictable and unexpected that he was overjoyed. And you can see, look at the, look at the picture. Her arms are wrapped around him. You know, like she's mm -hmm. she's in the moment with him. And yes, this generation sees that as sexual assault without ever because they can't imagine what it would be like not to see it that way. You know, but remember, Roman Polanski also won that year. <laughs> So right, that shows you right. how different things have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, you know, I would not mind being spontaneously kissed by Adrian Brody. I, I certainly wouldn't have minded it um, <laughs> exactly. back in 1999. I wouldn't mind it now either. He's right. he's a dreamboat. But it's interesting, too, because Halle Berry is, you know, she's not of the generation that would freak out about that anyway. You know, she's, uh, I think, like two years younger than you or something like that. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, it makes sense that um, that has become kind of a meme and kind of characterized in a way that uh, leaves aside what the actual vibes were at the moment. So, okay, um, let's return to the topic, though, of, of Will Smith and Chris Rock. So I think, you know, that there was a lot of discussion about this afterward. It was like, was this scripted? Then it turned out it wasn't. Then it was like, was this charming and people were very evenly split on and i i was actually surprised to find that like when they did a a survey um i guess a random telephone survey of who was more wrong was it you know chris rock for making this joke about jada pinkett smith's shaved head or was it will smith for going up on stage and committing an act of violence people were very evenly split um on which of these things was worse so 
that was interesting. I also thought it was funny that like you had like a crossover thing that people didn't realize like Sean Hannity and Marjorie Taylor Greene were very much into the slap. Like they, they Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying something like, you know, he, he was defending, you know, his woman and we need more of that. And Sean Hannity too. So it was just funny that there were opposing groups that would have come together on this one topic. But I think, I think that there, there's some, you know, rewriting of, of, of what actually happened. Like, I think that if, if they really think that Chris Rock deliberately offended her because of he knew she had alopecia and he was making fun of her. But if you have time to think about it, and part of the reason the story is continuing is because people do have time to think about it and they are doing research and they are looking back through videos and things people have said in the past. And they realize that, you know, GI Jane to call somebody GI Jane isn't exactly an insult. You know, she's a, she was a kind of a hot actress back then, even though mocked by the press, but she was, you know, she was at her, her physical prime. She shaved her head and that was considered like an act of feminism, you know? Yeah. I remember her doing one-armed pushups on Letterman, right? Yeah. Right. That was a big deal. And so it's not exactly an insult in that way, but she took it that way. And um, so, yeah, I think people were divided because I think that there's a lot of people that just want Will Smith to not fail. You know, they ha- they're they engaged in this idea that he is a hero. He is our hero. We love him so much. He didn't make a mistake. What he did was right. You know, they have to see it mm. that way um, to keep yeah, him as the hero. Yeah. And I think he actually didn't think what he was doing was wrong. I think when he did it, he thought, yeah, everybody's going to applaud this. Right. I mean, it is very, like, obviously, in the aftermath, there was a whole lot of uh, discussion about how this sort of evoked a lot of moments from his, you know, sort of heyday as an action star. Like, the only thing that went wrong was that he didn't yell, welcome to Earth, after he punched Chris Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the weird thing. Like, it was like a community was half horrified and half sort of bedazzled and using it as memes and you know, it turned into this thing where like, you know, people were, were, you know, using it to, to stand up for themselves. Like this slap was justified sort of thing. And then the other half was sort of traumatized by it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was the interesting thing too. Like in the aftermath you had, I guess maybe it was Amy Schumer saying that, you know, that she was very traumatized by witnessing this. Whereas Chris Rock, Mm -hmm. who was actually hit in the face was like, I'm fine. You know, it's like, let's not make a big thing of it. Right. No, he did. And he's the, he's the missing piece in all of this. Like he just didn't really come out and talk about it. So people don't really know, but everybody's been taking his reaction off of, um, the hit and like interpreting it in all these different ways. Um, and you know, the story keeps going because the characters keep going because they're so interesting. You know, he's the guy who was bullied, who made something of his life and then gets bullied at the Oscars. And, you know, Will Smith is the guy who's been working for towards getting an Oscar all this time. And he finally gets his Oscar. (laughs) It's just, you couldn't write it any better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing too, is that, uh, Chris Rock, did not break character like and he and he still hasn't really um you know in that moment he just kind of like he rolled with the punch literally mm-hmm. and and then just kept going yeah so there was a lot of debate in the aftermath of this that i think definitely illuminates some interesting tensions between you know like what kind of a culture we're trying to build for ourselves in this moment um you know, people who were very taken with the slap uh 
tended to be invested in honor culture. It was like, you know, mm. you insulted his woman. So of course, you know, it was justified and even like an in-kind response to come and do something physically violent. And then there are people who are, you know, suggesting that not only Chris Rock, but maybe even more importantly, everyone in the room was mm. just wrecked by this and is going to have to, you know, undergo years of therapy because of they they because they witnessed this act of terrible <laughs> violence. Um, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Okay, wait, let me just, I just want to say one thing about the traumatizing thing, because I do have to sort of address this, which is that I didn't, I, I kept trying to shake off the feeling that I had after I got home, because I, I was, you know, I was thinking it was so stupid. And like, why, why do I feel this way? Like, nothing happened to me. I was just there. And, you know, this isn't a big deal. And nobody got killed, or, you know. But I, I think that your body goes into shock anyway. And like it, mine did. And I felt really kind of weird and unsettled the next day. And then my friend called me and I like burst into tears. And I kept saying, I can't believe I'm crying. I feel so stupid. This is so dumb. Why am I crying? But like your physical response to something like that, that you're just not used to seeing, that's a surprise and a shock. I think it does put you in a state of shock. And I think that you physically have to recover from that. But I do think that's like a 24 hour 48 hour thing, you know, it's not like going to be a month. <laughs> Interesting. So what, do, why do you think that it impacted you so powerfully? I mean, you've, I'm assuming witnessed fights before, um, and witnessed, you know, etiquette being flouted before. What was it about this that made it upsetting specifically? Well, I think that for me, um, I come from kind of an abusive background, I think, uh, growing up, I certainly had my share of slaps, but I think what really got to me was that I've been like, I had a parent who didn't have, like, she just, my mother still to this day doesn't get embarrassed by being in pu public. So she would spank us in public or slap us in public or uh, yell at us in public. And I just, that feeling of being embarrassed at the same time as you're being hit, like that's the look I saw on Chris Rock's face. And that was a thing that for me that was hard to get over because I could see it on his face right after it happened. It was like he was trying to hold it together. He had just been humiliated. He'd just been hit. And there was nothing he could really do about it. And that's how you feel when you're a kid in public with your parents. It never occurs to you that you can go like, can I go talk to that person over there? <laughs> get me out of this situation. You just get trapped, you know, like, and he was trapped because he was on live TV. There's nothing he could do. He had to just go on with the show, but he'd just been hit and he'd just been screamed at. You know, and that is embarrassing mm -hmm. and it feels weird. And I think that we all felt it, or I certainly did. And I think that no matter how much you try to rationalize it in your mind and say like, this is stupid. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's just, you know, I think that your body will respond anyway. It always does to stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, it's not just about, you know, the extent of the violence in this case. You know, it could have been a lot worse, basically. Yeah, um, for sure. But it's about being in a space where you're not expecting to see something like that, um, where people are supposed to be on their best behavior. You know, right. this is like the fancy party. And here comes a guy who just like metaphorically takes a shit in the punch bowl. and. Yeah. It's like, it's surprising, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of like what just happened. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I think earlier you described this as um, 
being akin to like being on the Titanic after the iceberg struck <laughs> and that that sense of like trying to just kind of make everything seem normal again and make it seem like the ship was not sinking. That's a really kind of powerful metaphor, I think, you know, and and kind of explains why we are still talking about this and why it was so resonant. I think so. But I think that there's also, uh, you know, a whole population and generation that really hasn't thought about the Oscars. And I think that when they, to me, that that the take on it really did reveal sort of a class difference, because I think if you're, if you don't understand what the Oscars are, if you've never really thought about them or watched them, then, you know, all you're going to really hear in the, in the, you know, in the story is that somebody hits somebody for insulting their wife at a show, at an awards show, but they're not necessarily going to think this is a hundred year old tradition you know, people dressed up in their absolute best. Maybe it's a relic of the past. Maybe it's lived its last days, you know? And I think that, that, that it's 94th year, this ceremony. And it, this slap is probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in all of those 94 years, really. And it's probably the only thing people are going to remember about the Oscars for the next 20, 30 years. So it does, I mean, it, it's such a big story. It brought so much attention on them that they just didn't have before. Like they were really entering the most obscure time in their entire history right now, right? Only what, like 15 million people watch the show. Um, way more people watch the YouTube video of the slap that, that came online. I mean, I think it's probably like 100 million by now. Yeah, I guess this is, if you are the Oscars, this is not how you were hoping to regain mm -hmm. a lot of eyeballs yeah, that's why their punishment is so harsh. It's because they realize that their brand has just been stolen from them. Oh, that is interesting. So yeah, let's talk about the punishment because I guess the first thing that happened was, well, I mean, the, in the very immediate aftermath, Will Smith was asked to leave. He didn't. Then there was a lot of discussion after this of, you know, well, what were they, what were they going to do? to him because Chris Rock declined to press charges against him. So mm -hmm. there's not going to be any kind of legal repercussions. And then it becomes, well, okay, what is the Academy going to do? And I guess he resigned from the Academy pretty much right away before they could, you know, suspend or expel him. And I don't know if he resigned like with a promise never to reapply or, you know, if, if he might come back, you know, at the end of five years or something and say, okay, I'd like to be let back in. Do you have any sense of that? Well, it's weird because there's like, I, the story is just so amazing because it has so many different layers from up to and including you and I, two white women talking about it when we're been, we've been disallowed. Like we're not supposed to be talking about this because it's supposed to be something that only the black community is discussing, especially where it comes to black women. That's what I've read. And that's sort of a lot of the general sense of a lot of my, my white female friends. They're just staying quiet about it because they don't want to speak for that community, which I think is interesting because it's, that's a whole other dimension to this story. But then you get to Will and Jada and their private life lived on in public for so many years and how transparent they've been about every single thing that's ever happened to them. So Will Smith resigning I thought, okay, he's working with somebody. He's working with some kind of, you know, publicity guy who's going to get ahead of it and not let him get thrown out of the academy because he'll never live that down. Or maybe the academy wrote to him and said, "We're, you know, you can resign or we're going to kick you out." 
and he resigned. And then the punishment, which again, like it's yet another thing in this story that people are divided on. Some people think it's way too harsh and some people don't think it's harsh enough, including Academy members who think he should be banned for life. So yes, there were a lot of different options being weighed. Um, I saw it floated that maybe they should take away his Oscar, which I thought would be a terrible move. You know, that's obviously, it's an award for excellence in acting, not for being a well-behaved person at the Oscars ceremony. And then there were some discussions of like, well, should he be made ineligible ever to receive another award? And what they ended up settling on was that he is banned from the Oscars ceremony for 10 years. Um, So that's, there are two ways of thinking of this. One is that it's a 10 year sentence, which makes it seem extremely harsh. The other way is thinking of it as like a 10 game suspension and the games just happen Mm -hmm. to occur annually. And that makes it, I think, seem a little bit more reasonable. And crucially, it doesn't mean that he can't be nominated for awards. It doesn't mean that he can't attend all of the other awards shows, the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, etc. He just can't go to this one party and the related parties run by by the governing body, run by the Academy. Like He can't go to any of those events. That's basically it, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, people don't realize that for, for uh, people in, in film, I mean, they, they like to be nominated because it gives them power in the industry and it hopefully gets them better parts and things like that. But People don't really like going to the Oscars. They don't really like the, uh, it's a job to them. You know, that everything about it is is nerve wracking from, you know, starving themselves up to the awards to all the, the dog and pony show they have to do leading up to the awards to sitting there and winning or losing with the camera right on your face and then going home and finally getting to eat a burger or whatever it is. You know, that that's their job. They have to do it. They're happy to get it because they know they, they need it for their careers. But Will Smith not having to go to the Oscars is not a very big punishment. That's all I'm going to say on that <laughs> for these guys. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Well, I mean, like most, um, I shouldn't say most, but it's not a given if you're a celebrity that you're even going to go to the Oscars anyway. It's like you show up if you're nominated, mm-hmm. you show up if you're presenting, um, or sometimes exactly. you show up if if you're in a movie that's been nominated for a lot of stuff, even if you yourself were not amongst the nominees, like your director is nominated for best director, so they sit you all at a table together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people don't... I think it's it's like a very little known fact that the Oscars are not something that actors especially enjoy going to because there mm-hmm. is this brutal lead up to it in which, you know, you know that you're going to be on camera all night. You have to look your best. You know that you're going to be judged very, very harshly if you have a hair out of place. Yeah. Um, I remember actually in the, I guess it was like the Sony email leaks years and years ago, um, Nobody really talked about this because it was like objectively, it was one of the least interesting things to come out of that hack. But somebody did intercept a message between George Clooney and somebody else. And he was talking about how he had to be at the Oscars soon. And he was like, I got to start doing a cleanse so I can fit into my tux. I'm so not looking forward to this. It's so horrible. And it's like George Clooney hates going to the Oscars. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I know and I mean everybody I know every single celebrity or famous person I know they do not like going to the Oscars and the only people that like going 
other than the guests and the people who are nominated and are like old timer actors who really don't have much to like there's this actor named john savage i don't know if you know who he is um he's in uh hair remember that movie hair he plays mm-hmm. the lead in that he plays the young guy in that um anyway he's just he likes going to the oscars so he's always there but he's always like on my floor like he's not at the, the bottom but he's he's always there with his date some of these old timer academy people do like going but but the working people the people like will smith they'd much rather sit it out <laughs> watch it at home you know if they watched it all but yeah yeah and you know the fact that will smith was was banned from the ceremony I don't know. I thought about it um, and I, I watched people sort of debating, was it too harsh? Was it not harsh enough? And what struck me was that, you know, whether the sentence itself is too much or not enough, it's a, it's like appropriately located. Um, the, the Academy is really the only entity that ever should have been meeting out consequences for this in the first place like that mm-hmm. was their party that he misbehaved at and you know they were the ones who needed to hold him accountable it really wasn't up to like everybody watching um it wasn't i mean once chris rock said that he was going to press charges it wasn't even really up to him it was like you came into our house you did a yeah. really bad thing and now you know we've got to figure out how to what to do about that because I mean, I think that there is something to be said for the the need of everybody else at the ceremony, you know, and everybody who's going to be attending it in the future to feel as though they don't have to worry about this happening again or something like this right. happening again. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is the case that, first of all, who knows? I can't imagine what must have been going through Will Smith's mind where he thought that this was something that he should do. It's just so hard for me to imagine that on live television like that, unless he just thought it would be fun for the audience. You know, like when Kanye interrupted um, Taylor Swift, um, I remember back in um, 2001 or so when, when A Beautiful Mind was up against... Um, Lord of the Rings. That's how long ago this was. I think it was 2001. And um, mm-hmm. coming up to that awards, Russell Crowe had had, he was about to win best, his second best actor uh, win in a, in like a very short time. Cause he won for Gladiator, I think the year before, and then he was up for, for a beautiful mind. And that was a better performance. And it was like his greatest performance, but he, he had a fit at the BAFTA awards. Like he got really upset because they wouldn't let him read his poem. And he like bullied a guy that that worked at the BAFTAs, like he cornered him and threatened him. And that was such a big scandal at the time. We didn't have the internet. I mean, we didn't have social media back then, but it was a big enough scandal that it it derailed his Oscar win. So he didn't win that, but it wasn't at the Oscars. It was at the BAFTAs, but it was still considered a huge scandal. And so anybody who remembers that will be judging Will Smith on those standards. You know, you don't commit violence like that at an awards show. (laughs) No, but you know, it is. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they're responsible for their show they're putting on. They're responsible to ABC for putting on family-friendly entertainment, right? Um, that mm-hmm. that's the family hour, like you know, kids are supposedly theoretically watching, although of course they're not. But um, you know, that's they're responsible for what happens at the Oscars, so they they have to to punish him. Um, make sure that it's bad enough that people think, okay, I'm not going to do that. Right, right. The fact that he did this 
at the Oscars in public on live television has to factor into it. Um, a lot of people don't, you know, don't want to factor that into it. It seems like, you know, they just want to talk about like the behavior the behavior. Is it, you know, is it objectively bad? But I think the context matters a lot yeah. um, and explains why, you know, they might err on the side of a harsher punishment. I mean, I think so too. I think that, that Will Smith probably has some, um, you know, people in the Academy fighting for him that would prevent them from throwing him out. I think uh, I, my opinion is that they probably would have without some defenders inside the Academy um, that, you know, to them, it's kind of a bad look, you know, for this, when you compare it to say Harvey Weinstein or, or um, Roman Polanski or Woody Allen. But again, like those things were things that they did outside of Harvey Weinstein's kind of a different thing because he is, he was so much a part of the Oscars for so many years that that's sort of different from like, you know, what Woody Allen is accused of doing or, uh, Roman Polanski, what you know, was convicted for doing, you know, and then they think, well, but those guys, you know, Roman Polanski has been thrown out of the Academy, as has um, Harvey Weinstein, but and so if they they're comparing Will Smith to those guys, which is wrong, right? Because what Will Smith did was separate. What he did was commit something on live television, in front of millions of people, right? And he did it in the wake of what was supposed to be a huge like cultural overhaul of mm-hmm. you know of Hollywood's attitude towards not just sexual predators but kind of towards toxic masculinity and yeah. and all of its attendant evils writ large so yeah we should definitely talk about that um i i want to just note because because i think that people frequently bring up roman polanski like he's kind of a gotcha um and don't necessarily think about what a bizarre set of circumstances like it required for him to to get a pass for you know committing this rape back in what what year was it when he did this it was like 70 i want to say 74 but I don't know. I'm sorry. There's actually an interesting parallel here. People want to sort of forgive Will Smith for um, having slapped Chris Rock because, well, his wife was insulted. Um, You know, you can say, well, people were willing to look the other way or at least, you know, find it morally ambiguous that Roman Polanski did what he did because his wife Mm -hmm. had just been murdered. I do think that that made a big difference. You know, people just were sort of unwilling to condemn him after that. They were like, I don't know. Like he really went through some shit. Exactly. That was really it. It was also, I mean, you know, you have to live through the seventies to really understand that it's one of these things. Like you just can't explain it to today's generation. There's no way to explain that. Like, you know, Tatum O'Neill is talking about being on the pill at 11 years old and bad news bears, you know, like the seventies were different. They didn't prioritize children the way that they did in the nineties. And, and after that, like my daughter's whole generation was parented by helicopter parents like me, but we weren't, we were parented by exactly the opposite. We were basically like weeds dropped into a field to grow however we wanted. And all we wanted to do was grow up and, and be adults. And we all acted very differently back then. But it's still a rape is a rape. It's a terrible thing. And, you know, Angelica Houston certainly condemned him for it. And plenty of people did. But our attitudes were different then. The left was different. The right was more the side that was um, critical of stuff like that than the left. 
the left, we were the, you know, we were the subversives. We were the, you know, the ne'er-do-wells. We were the people that made art about stuff like this. And, and, you know, last tango in Paris, that kind of thing. Like we were very open-minded about stuff when it came to sex and less judgmental than the right, but that has switched um, over time. And now it's the left side is more, yeah, I'm not trying to excuse what Roman Polanski did. I'm just saying that like our attitudes have flipped. You know, we're the side that finds that absolutely like, you know, no, he should have his Oscar taken away. He should, nobody should ever watch his movies. They should never play anywhere. Um, But back then it was more like they did separate the art from the artist. Remember, we were the people that loved Bill Clinton, right? And so Mm -hmm. we weren't going to be condemning Bill Clinton for anything back then. So why would we be, you know, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying like that was the attitude. You separated them. Yeah. So you have these people who were part of a culture that was much more sexually permissive, that was much more willing to see things as morally ambiguous um, that we Mm -hmm. now just see as like extremely evil. Um, And they get kind of grandfathered in to the system, um, but then they end up living a long time. They end up living long enough to uh, to become the villain as uh, the Dark Knight. I can't believe I just managed to work a Dark Knight quote. No, that's so great. I love it. What a what a genius quote. Uh, too too many viewings of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. I'm glad that I have this kind of recall when when it matters most. <laughs> but to to turn to a discussion of Hollywood's culture and how it's evolving, I think that it is worth kind of lingering on this question of look at what happened to Will Smith. Is this fair when these other men who did worse got a pass for years? And I understand the urge to see this as hypocritical, but at the same time, you know, we are in the midst of, I don't want to say a cultural revolution because that has certain connotations, but, you know, a reckoning we've asked for and received a very different approach to, you know, to sexual morality, to masculinity, to acts of violence. In Hollywood, we're saying like, you know, we want you to to change the way you approach all of this stuff. And when that happens, you're going to end up catching a lot of stuff in the net that maybe you might not have preferred. Like, so if you want to say, well, but but Will Smith's wife was insulted. Um, so, you know, isn't it okay that he threw a punch? Well, no, it's not because, you know, we've reached a, like a zero tolerance for any kind of violence, irrespective of your motivations kind of place in the conversation. So do you have a sense moving forward from this? What can we expect from the culture in Hollywood and especially surrounding, you know, who gets honored at awards time is there going to be a correction from what we've done because of stuff like the will smith incident or is this just rolling downhill too fast to really stop it i think it's yeah i mean i think that's a really good smart observation is that i feel like it's one or the other right it's building a jenga pile putting one more piece at the top or it's all coming I have this sense, honestly, that that it's all coming down, that everything's collapsing on the left that's been built up over the last 20, 30 years. Um, that's my sense. I don't know that it's right. I, f- I figure that, um, you know, the piece you wrote about Louis C.K. I thought was really good because it was like asking the question, what do we do? 
you know, how to, if we're, if we're getting rid of like actual due process and the rule of law, and we're using Twitter, um, as our, for the first time ever in human history, we have a massive machine to decide on whether people can stay or go and who to publicly humiliate. And, you know, that is a lot of power that we'd never had before. So anytime anything happens like this and people should take the Will Smith story as a cautionary tale, because that was like a piece of red meat dropped into a lion's den after they've been starved for a month. Like that's how fast that story got devoured. Um, and it lasted so long and it was so big. You could just see the apparatus, how huge it was over this one story. So what I think that means is that the appetite for that kind of thing is just going to grow and that whether it's the Oscars or any other thing that people are going to be looking for those moments where something happens that's not supposed to happen. So, but in terms of the Academy, like they're in a bind here because he's black, right? And they, they've been working so hard to change their image um, of, of their historic sort of white wall of, of uh, who they've been in their past and everything that they do today broadcasts that. So they are in kind of a catch-22 with that, with Will Smith. It's kind of a miracle that they, not a miracle, but it's amazing that they punished him at all considering that. But um, yeah, I think that there's going to be a, a people are going to be upset and they're going to be more carefully scrutinizing the Oscars than they have before because of this. Like, so they're going to be looking at every movie. It's, it's just going to become more intensified, I think until it all breaks apart and, and they can just say like, we're going to stop doing this now. We're not going to live in judgment of other people. We're just going to let the law take care of it, you know, and go about our lives. Wow. Can you envision a future in which being nominated for an Oscar, like they are looking back, not just at your performance, but at your entire documented history in the public eye, just to make sure that you'll behave yourself at the ceremony? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I think that that's, I mean, I, I think somebody said that was saying to me on Twitter that it was, they thought it was a moral panic about Will Smith. And I said, it wasn't because like a moral panic would have been if Will, if uh, Mel Gibson had slapped Chris Rock, then you can imagine where that would have gone. Like, I think it would have been so, in, so big. It would have probably closed the Oscars, like canceled them for good. Um, I don't know that they could have ever come back from that kind of thing because it would be like the thing that they fear the most showing up, like the guy that they thought was a racist actually showing an act of racism. I think that would have brought the whole thing down. I think in this case, because it was two people who are sort of of equal status, it was a hard thing to figure out. But yeah, as, as you're saying, I think that, I mean, it's already like that where people who are, as we saw with Green Book, um, people who are nominated, their entire histories are already unearthed for Twitter. So it's just going to probably be more like that. Everything they say is going to be watched and judged to see if they are still pure of heart and mind. Yeah, I suppose, you know, now, like everybody involved with the Oscars, um, nominees included, are just going to be subject to the same level of scrutiny that the hosts have been subject to, um, yeah. and which has ironically made it so that nobody wants to be an Oscars host at this point. <laughs> And they finally bring back Oscars hosts and then this thing happens and the Oscar hosts are too traumatized to come back into it the next year. I, I think what they need, my own opinion as a Gen Xer, you know, who lived through the seventies is they need to just, you know, bring out Ricky Gervais, get over themselves, uh, learn that we're not, a, none of us are perfect and, um, 
you know, be able to tell offensive jokes and, you know, relax a little bit about everything so that they can bring back hosts and people can learn to be resilient and that words are not harm. You know, harm is, is actual harm, you know, physical harm and that, you know, we can be a stronger generation as a result. Yeah, I'm going to just throw an idea out there that they should bring back Ricky Gervais as host or bring him in as host rather because he's never done the Oscars before. He's only ever done the Globes. Um, And then they should assemble all of the bad men, you know, who's morally ambiguous or, you know, or slightly bad behavior has through the passage of time been rendered um, deeply evil and unacceptable. And he should be able to slap all of them once (laughs) on stage on live television. And then maybe we could just move on. (laughs) Greatest thing. I would love that. I would watch that. I would watch the Oscars for that. No, seriously. and, And honestly, if they want to get their ratings back up, they will have Chris Rock host next year. Um, that you know everybody would watch can you imagine it'd be huge uh, and then yeah he could bring yeah if they're smart up. they'll do that so yeah one one last prediction come next year are they is there going to be a reference to this moment at the oscars or are they just going to try to pretend it never happened well i keep and not that they read my side i wish that they would but but i keep trying to urge them to just lean in and to to become more brave i feel like they're going to be like they, they rule from a place of fear and their hosts you could see that the hosts that they picked were, were coming from a place of fear like how not to upset twitter everything they, they tried to do backfired so if i were them i would absolutely lean into it i would i would be you know i would say look it's time for us to become culturally relevant again it's time for us to have a show people want to watch. More people watched or were interested in the slap than anything else. So not just like, let's lean into it. Let's, you know, become the, the movie network and have violence on our show. But let's bring Ricky Gervais. Let's bring Chris Rock. Let's bring, you know, people that are Joe Rogan, you know, people that they that they condemn, you know, as, as um, impure. And let's just, you know, let's try to all come together in some sort of way that we can all laugh again. You know, I I think if they do that, they can save themselves. What do I think they'll do? I think they'll continue to rule from a place of fear. I don't think they'll do any of that. I think they'll play it really, really safe again. Yeah. I don't think the Oscars listens to feminine chaos either, but just in case Oscar, if you're out there, take Sasha's advice. (laughs) Sasha Stone, thank you again so much for joining me for this conversation. Uh, You can find Sasha on the internet at awardsdaily.com where she writes about all things Hollywood awards season and also on Twitter at, is it real Sasha Stone? That's yeah, that's protected. That's my bad oh, one. You that's go that's your secret account. Your that's your bad one. <laughs> that's, my, that's my very bad one. Um, and thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. And this has been Feminine Chaos. <laughs>